<laughs> the light of the whole world. That same night, meaning the night that Jesus was born, in amongst the other stars, suddenly a bright new star appeared. Of all the stars in the dark vaulted heavens, this one shone clear. It blazed in the night and made the other stars look pale beside it. God put it there when his baby son was born, to be like a spotlight, shining on him, lighting up the darkness, showing people the way to him. You see, God was like a new dad. He couldn't keep the good news to himself. He'd been waiting all these long years for this moment, and now he wanted to tell everyone. So he pulled out all the stops. He'd sent an angel to tell Mary the good news. He put a special star in the sky to show where his boy was. And now he was going to send a big choir of angels to sing his happy song to the world. He's here. He's come. Go and see him, my little boy. Now, where would you send your splendid choir? To a big concert hall, maybe? Or a palace, perhaps? God sent his to a little hillside outside a little town in the middle of the night. He sent all those angels to sing for a raggedy old bunch of shepherds watching their sheep outside of Bethlehem. In those days, remember, people used to laugh at shepherds and say that they were smelly and called them other rude names. You see, people thought shepherds were nobodies, just scruffy old riffraff. But God must have thought shepherds were very important indeed, because they were the ones he chose to tell the good news to first. That night, some shepherds were out in the open fields, warming themselves by a campfire, when suddenly the sheep darted. They were frightened by something. The olive trees rustled. What was that? A wing beat? They turned around. Standing in front of them was a huge warrior of light, blazing in the darkness. Don't be afraid of me, the bright, shining man said. I haven't come to hurt you. I've come to bring you happy news for everyone, everywhere. Today, in David's town, in Bethlehem, God's son has been born. You can go and see him. He is sleeping in a manger. Behind the angel, they saw a strange glowing cloud. Except it wasn't a cloud. It was angels, troops and troops of angels, armed with light. And they were singing a beautiful song. Glory to God. To God be fame and honor and all of our hoorays. Then as quickly as they appeared, the angels left. The shepherds stamped out their fire, left their sheep, raced down the grassy hill, through the gates of Bethlehem, down the narrow cobble streets, through a courtyard, down some step, 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 steps, past an inn, round a corner, through a hedge, until at last they reached a tumbled-down stable. They caught their breath, then quietly they tiptoed inside. They knelt on the dirt floor. They had heard about this promised child, and now he was here, heaven's son, the maker of the stars, a baby sleeping in his mother's arms. This baby would be like a bright star shining in the sky that night, a light to light of the whole world chasing away darkness, helping people see. And the darker the night got, the brighter the star would shine. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Catherine. That's actually a pretty good translation of the text there. Um, I'd like to fly over the text. I know we've got kids with us. Uh, I've got a few things to point out to you. Uh, the first thing I want to point out, in, in Luke 2, 5, Joseph brought Mary with him. He didn't have to do that. He, she could have stayed at home. Scholars think that he did this because if he left her at home unmarried and pregnant, she probably would have been stoned. And uh, so not only did Joseph agree to marry her, 
course, you know, all, all bets aside, like he did see the angel. He did have the, the vision. So he's got something going for him. But he didn't just agree to marry her. He's also protecting her. So Jesus was the stepson of a good man. And surely Joseph taught Jesus a lot of things. Jesus only said what he heard his father in heaven speaking and doing, only did what he saw his father in heaven doing. But I think Joseph also taught Jesus some things. And I was, as I was uh, praying through this and, and preparing, I wondered what else, what other kind of things Joseph taught Jesus. So let me just pause back up real quick. I have a, a short text that I want to bring you into. But I want to bring you into it. I don't have a lot of uh, new ideas to give you, but I want you to be able to put yourself in the text. And I want you to, in fact, I want you to do this like from now on, anytime you're reading the Bible, don't just read it as like, as you're watching a movie. It's not a passive thing. If you're reading scripture, I want you to put yourself in the people's shoes. Ask yourself, why did they do this? Or what were they thinking? Or how were they feeling when this happened? We'll do that again in a minute. So what other things did, do we think that Joseph might have taught Jesus? I have a, a strong sense that he taught him how to use a hammer, how to build some things, maybe how to look after women who were caught in sin, because that was what people thought about his mom. Luke 2.8, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Yeah, the Jesus story, but the Bible did a pretty good job. People thought shepherds were smelly. Uh, they, they were not the normal ones that you would announce the birth of the Messiah, the, the changing of all things, the center point of history. You would not assume that shepherds would be the top of the list. David was a shepherd, and he became king. God is our shepherd in, in Psalm 23. There might be something special about a shepherd's heart, or maybe it's God's heart. God has a shepherd's heart, and so perhaps that's one reason why the shepherds were the first to hear. In verse 10, Fear not, for behold, the angel says to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Okay, I got to pause here. I do have some information on you for you on this one. First, anytime an angel shows up, everybody freaks out. Uh, this is not your normative uh, angel that you see in the paintings, like the fat naked baby with the wings. That's not what angels look like. Sometimes angels have four heads and a thousand eyes and there's wheels and stuff. Uh, almost always the angels are, their faces are like lightning. It's too bright to look at. Anytime an angel shows up, everybody hits the floor because they're terrified. So the first thing angels almost always say is, calm down. I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> it's okay. You know, chill, chill out. Fear not. I bring you good news of great joy. So that phrase right there, that has historical meaning before Jesus. 
The, uh, the term gospel, good news, euangelion in the Greek, uh, good news, that, that term is the same, that phrase is the same phrase that a herald would use to proclaim that Caesar, that a new Caesar, that a new king had come and taken over. So uh, let, me, let me break it down for you. Kids, do y'all know what a herald is? Someone who heralds, someone who yells. Kids, heralds are yellers. All right? So and heralds, a herald would come to a new place that had recently been conquered, and they would say, I have good news. Kids, can y'all be a herald? Can you be a yeller and say, I have good news? I was, I mean, that was, that was okay, but I want a, a yeller. Yes, so, I have good news. There's one. Let's do it all together. Ready? I have good news. All right, parents, you can help them out. Ready? I have good news. There we go. Thank, thank you. Okay, so that is what a herald does. He shows up and he hollers. He yells he says, I have good news. Now, most of the time when the heralds show up, they say, I have, a good, I have good news for you. There's a new king. The king would conquer the land. They'd send these heralds to go out into the land and tell everyone. And the heralds would show up and say, there's a new king in town, baby. But this angel is saying that same thing. This angel is actually saying what the heralds would say. Caesar would conquer, take over country, God is sending a herald, an angel. Hark! The herald angels sing. It's not like their name's herald. They're the yellow, they're the proclaimers. All right. I bring you good news of great joy. There is a new Lord. Now what the old herald, what the other heralds would do? They'd say, I have, I have a gospel for you. I have a gospel that there's a new king and his name is Caesar. The angel is saying, I have a gospel for you. There's a new king. And his name is Jesus. His name is Emmanuel. His name is God with us. And the herald would tell these people, when Caesar reigns, he brings peace to the land. If you submit to Caesar, you'll have prosperity. You'll have comfort. You'll have education. You'll have everything you could want. All you have to do is submit to Caesar, and we'll make this dumpy town look as nice as the capital of Rome. That is... So, so what I'm saying is the angels are taking what has already been said by earthly heralds, and they're co-opting it and using it and saying, this is what the good news is from God. It's not just Caesar coming and taking over a land and saying, I'll make all things right, I'll make all things new. It's God doing that same thing. So, so these shepherds have probably heard something similar by other heralds when Caesar conquered. So they're like, wait, we, we get this. But why is this faith flowing? What, is this, what does this mean? So here's how I would translate what the angels said when they showed up to the shepherds. 
Calm down, I'm not gonna crush you. Chill out, everyone. I need to tell you something. There's a new king in town and he will rule the whole world. This very day, your rescuer was born. And he's God's chosen one that's going, that's going to redeem the entire world. Uh, can, can I do another call and response back thing? I wanna give you a, a fill in the blank here, okay? So I'm gonna say gospel is, and you're going to say kingdom. Gospel is kingdom. Gospel is kingdom. Gospel is kingdom. I could talk about 45 days on how a lot of the American church does a very poor job thinking that the gospel is only salvation. It's, I'm not saying it's not salvation, but it is so much more than salvation. The angel, this is the first gospel proclamation in scripture. And the angels are saying, there's a new king and a new kingdom. And you submit to him. He's making all things new. You don't just have to submit to him. You get to reign with him. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. That's like three pages later. Okay, Luke 2.13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. You guys know what the term heavenly host is? You know what that means? Sam, do you know what that means? Um, you know, like when someone goes to your house? Oh, yes. You're hosting them. That's true. Very good. Heavenly host means angel armies. The heavenly host. That, that term... Yeah, uh, Adonai Sevaot is what God of the Lord of hosts is in Hebrew. The term hosts is a war term. It's the armies. So God is pronouncing, uh, announcing the birth of his special chosen one. Why are armies called to show up? What happens if there's an army coming? Kids, what happens if there's an army coming? Yeah, attack. There's going to be a... Attack. Attack, a war. Yes. That means war. If there's an army chanting, glory to God in the highest, glory to God in the highest, if they're getting ramped up, that is showing that this is a war. God is making the great announcement that all things that were broken at the fall, all sickness, sin, and death that came into the world... At Adam and Eve's disobedience, now the war to make those things right has begun. That's why armies show up to, to have a praise break, to have a, a chant, a, a party, a war cry. <laughs> I feel bad for the shepherds because the one, the one angel's like, calm down, calm down, it's cool. And then all of a sudden, like all, all the armies of God, the shepherds are like, oh no, again, they fall on their faces again. That's not in the text. What I'm trying to say is the incarnation, and you can write this down if you're taking notes, the incarnation is an act of war, a declaration of war. That's good. The incarnation was a declaration of war. 
You all know what incarnation means? Little ones? Hey, little ones, have you ever heard of carne asada? That means roasted meat. Incarnation means God put on meat. God put on flesh. God, the God of the universe who spoke and all of creation leapt into existence. The one who hangs the earth on empty space. The one who stretches out the north. The one who has hail stored up. Who feeds the the young lions. Who has control over all things. Who holds every molecule together by the word of his power. That God put on flesh. And became a vulnerable little baby. In Israel 2,000 years ago. In backwoods Israel. So the incarnation is the ultimate act of war. That is the decisive day that the war was over, but there were still a few battles to be fought. We're still fighting a few. This is the day that everything changed. So God made us in his image to be like him, to be with him. Then we disobeyed and we ran from him. And now this is where God shows up to track us down and win us back. This is the declaration of war saying that he's going to, he's not going to fight us. He's not going to fight with us. He's going to fight for us. And he's going to destroy those that hold us in bondage or captivity. He's going to destroy the chains around our feet. He's going to rescue us from slavery and bring us back into the family and fight Satan and destroy him so that we can be together again. So if the poor little shepherds had a chance to calm down, they're scared again. And the angels are singing glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. But then the angels say something kind of strange. They say peace on earth among those with whom he is pleased. Or maybe you'd say, peace to the pleasing ones. Or peace to those that have his pleasure. I'm going to take a two-second break, and I just want to ask you, do you have his pleasure? Do you think that God, the Almighty, who sent his son, do you think that God is pleased with you? Hey, kids, I'm, I'm asking you right now. Kids, you don't have to answer out loud, but I want you to think about this question. Kids, do you think... Your heavenly father is pleased with you? Yes. Why would an entire angel army show up to, to make war and then say, peace is coming? I think the angels are trying to convey to us that we now have someone in our corner with us. We're no longer fighting our own sin and sickness and death and fear and shame. We're not fighting that alone anymore. Before Jesus, there was no hope. I I have caught myself forgetting or taking for granted the hope that I have. There are people that live without hope and that try to fight. There are people that have never heard of listening prayer. There are people that don't know that God can speak directly to you and set you free and deliver you and change your life in a minute. 
I have forgotten that. I'm kind of spoiled. He fights for us. In Luke 12, Jesus tells his followers, fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So not only, remember, gospel is? Kingdom. Gospel is? Kingdom. Jesus tells his followers in Luke 12, fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the? Kingdom. That's right. And not only is this kingdom that he is proclaiming, not only is this kingdom going to take over the whole world and make all things right and make all things new, this new kingdom is for you. When you hide yourself in him, you become part of his royal family. And that means you get to inherit the kingdom too. Kids, that means that if you are in Christ... You start off as a servant, then he calls you his friend, and then he says, come sit up on the throne with me. He says, you want to try on the crown? Here, hold my scepter. It's heavy, isn't it? We, as followers of Jesus, get to reign with him. In Luke 2.16, the shepherds made haste and found Joseph and Mary and the baby lying in a manger. Did they drop their shepherd staffs? Did they trip over sheep? Did they leave their sheep? They're running probably in the dark. They find the manger. What do you think they said when they got there? The text says they told Joseph and Mary what the angels had said. So I'm assuming one of the shepherds said something like, hey, did you know that you just had the Messiah? Did you know that that tiny little baby in your hands is going to rescue the world? And then the, the shepherds left and told everyone because people must know the Messiah had just been born. They told everyone and the text says that everyone that heard marveled. It says they wondered or that they were amazed or astonished. In fact, I, that's one of the things that I pray often for myself is that I would not lose my wonder. In fact, I'm just going to speak a blessing over. It's not time for benediction yet. We're getting close. But I just want to speak a blessing over you. Lord, may we as a little church never lose our wonder. The same wonder that the little joyful ones have even when they wake up in the morning. The, the same wonder that... I'm just looking at these little ones. The little ones are good at wonder. Lord, let us be like little children. Then it says, Mary treasured all these things in her heart, and the shepherds returned to their flocks, glorifying God and praising Him for what they had seen and heard. The light had finally arrived. Those in a great darkness have seen a light. It has begun. It started very small with a baby in a manger. I don't think it was actually a very silent night. Sometimes babies are, well, maybe, maybe, the, maybe the very first night, but soon after that there's crying and maybe some, you know, some goats bleeding. 
a cry in the night in the backwoods of Bethlehem. And that light has grown and grown and will continue to grow to grow until the whole earth is filled with his glory. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for the light that you have given us. Thank you that you have made us carriers of that light.